My name is Mark Chalmers, and I'm president and CEO of Energy Fuels. Uh, Energy Fuels is uh, a unique company in the fact that we're building a critical mineral hub, which uh, main elements that we're uh, either currently producing or will be producing is uranium used for clean uh, baseload nuclear fuel, vanadium, and also the rare earth elements used for improving electrification. So there is no uh, investment like energy fuels because you get diversification in these elements required for the energy transition. Matt, great to see you again. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. And uh, thanks for joining us for this end of year roundup and maybe a little bit look forward into what's happening next year. Okay. What a time to be in uranium. Uranium price thing, I think the ask today was 88 bucks. Uh, what's that do for a company like you? Wow. It's great news is what it is, Matt. Um, yeah, I think it's um, it's all coming to roost when it comes to the pricing uh, and the lack of material that's out there to be purchased, uh, particularly on the spot. Um, you know, with, with, we've got the pedal to the metal on our uh, uranium assets. Uh, we've hired a number of people. Uh, we've got three mines that are going back into production. Um, and, um, you know, well, right now we've got, I think, about 50 or 60 miners uh, working at these mines. Uh, and we're continuing to ramp that up uh, going into 2024. So uh, now I think one thing that's important to note is that, you know, when you look at, you know, $88 or $87 uh, on the spot market, that that's not what the term market is. You know, there are contracts at those prices at this point in time. Uh, and I also want to point out that when you look at uh, what inflation has done uh, to everybody uh, in all sectors uh, is taking a hit. So I think that where we're at now uh, is very exciting. I think the fundamentals uh, uh, of COP28, um, you know, countries committing to increase nuclear power, I think it all bodes very well for uh, all those in the nuclear fuel cycle. Uh, for sure. I, I think the countries are on board. We heard it at COP28. We, we, we've heard it from governments all around the world. So you're building up um, infrastructure to deliver cheaper baseload energy to um, their people. I want to get into specifics, though, because, you know, you have you guys have produced lithium, oh, sorry, lithium uranium in the past. Um, you're starting to be in a position to what do some more um, processing of your own ore to do toll milling. I mean, when, when do you start generating revenue? Well, we're we're generating revenue from the uranium business now because we are filling uh, long-term contracts, and we started filling our initial long-term contracts in 23. We've got contracts going out to 2000, uh, uh, 2030, uh, and and we can fill contracts from our existing inventories from alternate feed newly produced uranium, and um, so a number of sources. So when we going back into um, production uh, now and in 24, uh, we're mining ore, okay? And that ore will be stockpiled and processed uh, probably the next year or the year after. But we are going to be processing alternate feed in 24. So, you know, again, our story is different on how we make our uranium, how we process it, how we sell it. But you know, we made the deliveries in 23, including to the Department of Energy in 24. We're going to continue to fill our contracts that we have and producing more uh, uranium for our inventories in different stages. Okay. But then, okay. So you will be 
generating, pr- producing new ore next year. Will you be, you be, and is that at your own, at your own, um, with your own assets, or is this these sort of toll milling discussions that we've had over the, in the past as well? I mean, where, where is it coming from? Well, next year it's going to be from our own assets that are fully constructed, permitted, and operating right now. Uh, but I have talked in the past about we're considering uh, putting out um, a, a, a toll or um, a buying schedule. Okay, it's not a toll milling agreement; it's a buying schedule. Uh, and now the prices have gone up so much, uh, we're seriously looking at doing that in the near term uh, to provide an outlet for some of the other miners in the region uh, to sell us ore uh, that will be to our account when it's processed. So um, the, the, the sources of uranium that we have to fill our contracts right now are inventories, and we have nearly uh, a million pounds of uranium in different forms and shape. Uh, at the mill right now or at the converter. It'll be our newly produced uranium or that will be uh, put into inventory at the site, uh, alternate feed um, that we will be uh, processing into finished goods um, in 2024 as well. So, and then, um, you know, if we bolt on this buying schedule or that shows up in due course would also go into that inventory uh, to our account. So uh, again, different um, ways of getting there, different ways of mixing and blending our costs, uh, and nobody else does that anywhere in the world that I know of. Okay, so that makes some welcome relief to some of the the U.S. guys talking about getting into production and being able to use your Alta Mesa, what is a White Mesa mine? Um, I said a plant, um, but you're talking about to your account. You're talking about buying this off of them, processing it, and then marketing it yourself. Is that right? I'm just trying to work out the Correct. economics of Correct. where you stand and where they stand. Yeah, it just provides us a source of feed that um, that that we can process, and it goes to our account. Okay. I mean, it's our mill, it's our facility, and, and we'll give them a percentage of contained value of uranium and vanadium, and um, and then, then it, it, it's ours. So, uh, I mean, that's historically how it was done uh, at the mill uh, before uh, and at other mills in the, that were operable in the back in the old days uh, as well is that the mills purchased the uranium and it was always to their account. It wasn't, uh, you know, unless you had a total milling agreement like we do with uh, ISO Energy now, um, this will be a purchasing agreement. Okay. And what I guess what I want to be clear about is because the market is, the uranium price is moving. We, we, we just talked about that. I think the market's looking for companies to say, well, here's how we take advantage of that. Here's when we start moving. Here's when we start raising capital, kind of get into production, you know, build this thing out and get into production. Here's how we monetize that. For, for you, you are a uranium company because there's been a lot of talk, a lot of distraction, it seems, around rare earths as well. So where does uranium sit in relation to rare earths? And you know, how do you monetize both those things? Or what? what is your focus? Yeah. Well, our uranium plans are largely unchanged um, from what they were um, even you know before we got into the rare earth business. So, so the rare earth is a bolt-on, and I think that's important a thing to uh, to distinguish amongst is it's a bolt-on to our uranium production capabilities. So, uh, you know, and and I think people maybe misunderstand that that, and I've said this even before we we're in the rare earths that uh, we can. Uh, with limited capital, 
we can get up to around 2 million pounds of uranium production per year. And um, with more capital, we can increase that to three, four, five million pounds per year, but it's going to take more capital. But the rare earth is a bolt-on. So it's an additional uh, source of revenue uh, and adds to these elements we have for this critical mineral hub. Now, I want to give you a couple statistics that are important. During the last five years, mainly because of our ability to process alternate feed, we produce 68% of the uranium produced in the United States in the last five years. We were the largest producer, and we were the largest producer because we had these different sources that we could produce from economically. If you go back 10 years, 32% of the uranium produced in the United States was from our assets, and 42% was from Cameco's assets. So 75% over the last 10 years came from two companies, Energy Fuels and, and Cameco. So we know how to produce uranium. We produce it in different ways, alternate feed, newly mined underground, or ISR. And, 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 and there's no company like us out there that can do that. And that provides us with a significant advantage to responding like we are in times like we're in. There's some pretty big companies out there who are talking a, a different game, but you're saying our experience and our track record says that we have, we will, and we will continue to produce uranium. So the uranium is an important part of the value of your company, yeah? Correct. Correct. Okay. Absolutely important part. And, uh, you know, it's also interesting dynamics that if you went back two years ago, the rare earth business and the prices of rare earths was very, very high and uranium was very, very low. And there was a lot of buzz on the rare earth space um, because of the pricing and the, you know, the dependence that we had on China. So very similar to what's happened in the uranium business. And now the rare earth prices have dropped by half. I think they're going to recover because of the, the, the demand curve looking forward uh, on the rare earths. And, and, and they've halved and uranium has doubled. So there's a little bit of a pendulum here. And we're building a company with diversification and sustainability uh, in a number of markets going forward. But right now, if, you, if we look at it as a company with the prices of uranium right now, to produce uranium is the most profitable outcome for us right now because of the prices. Right. Okay. And let's just jump over. I might jump back to uranium in a second, but I want to, you know, while I was talking about rare earths, is look, you've you've had we've had some great conversations about you know where rare earths is going, when, when rare earths was high, it's come off a bit, and therein lies some opportunity. Surely, there's going to be a lot of cash-strapped companies lying around waiting for someone, some someone to come along and help them out. Have you, can you take advantage of this situation? How serious is the rare earth component, again, in terms of building on this valuation on, of your company? Well, I, I think this diversification that we have, um, again, with our strong um, paper, um, our strong balance sheet, uh, particularly uh, with, with a lot of support from the, the uranium sector, um, puts us in a very strong position where you can see that a lot of the rare earth companies have seen their share price half. Um, a lot of the heavy mineral sands companies are down a 20, 30, 40% as well. Uh, and meanwhile, we're in a very strong position to see um, you know, how we best move forward with some of these other companies. And, and it, it's really about 
uh, providing strength to some of these companies so that they can move forward with their plans. So, uh, you know, I think it is uh, a unique um, uh, opportunity that has presented to us. And we certainly plan to work with some of these companies, if, if it's possible, uh, to build up this bolt-on, which is rare earth, um, in uh, a, a material way uh, because we have this strength. Okay. And because there's a few things that need to happen there. In terms of your decision making, it's it's the okay. We've we've got the plant, we've got the ability to process. We've got Bahia, uh, uh, you know, which can which can feed that. But you need more. You need more monazite, um, and you've also then got to build. You know, you, you you've talked in the past about um, you know the phase one being this sort of separation plant build to that. So there's a lot of kind of potential cash outlay here in terms of whether it be supporting someone else's balance sheet or making an acquisition. Finding new feed, building phase one of the separation plant—is that something that your balance sheet can um, withstand at the moment? Is the support there in the market for that? Yes, I mean, if you look at um, the cash we have, the investments, the inventories, and you add that all up, it's somewhere north of two hundred million dollars. Uh, you know, we've got you know increasing over time as these contracts. Uh, come into play with more revenue, uh, and um, you know, we're fully funded for our uranium activities next year, um, and we have cash that uh, on the balance sheet that if we want to do and we decide an, an acquisition of some sort is um, um, looks attractive to us to build out this bolt-on the rivers, um, we can do that. So uh, it's you know, and 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 you've heard me say this, Matt. And I, I I've I've always said that we're going to be aggressive and not reckless, but we're always going to have a strong balance sheet, and we do. And it's how do we maximize that for our investors? So, uh, you know, we, you know, you're in a you're in a market that if you have to raise money or potentially get investment from the government or an off taker, that's still possible as well. Right. Okay. Aggressive but not reckless. I like that. Um, if if I look at the kind of rarest initiative, and I'm, I'm going to call it, is it kind of advanced initiative now? In the sense, you saw you saw um, the demand there, and you 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 you've been through a process. Are you going to be now focused on what you've got? Are there more initiatives coming? Because I, I, I worry in times like this, some people get a little bit kind of, you know, they're all, a little bit all over the place. They see opportunities everywhere, and there are, but you've got to get focused. So, how do you kind of maintain a sort of tight? plan around rare earths and a tight plan around uranium so people understand who you are, what you are, and what you're trying to do? Well, as I said, we're very focused on our uranium plans, going back into production, fully funded, got the contracts in place, getting the revenue wheel turning up on that front. Um, And then on the rare earths, yes, we're going to expand on that. Um, You know, we secured Bahia uh, uh, this year. Um, and um, and we're, we're, we've got an exploration drill out there right now. We're permitting Bahia, um, and we're looking at other sources of feed uh, that are material, uh, as well as completing this phase one separation plant that we have in the existing mill building uh, at the mill. And, uh, and it's put into context that'll have the capacity of about 1,000 tons of NDPR per year, um, and, and for example, last year, I think Linus did 6,000 tons of NDPR. Um, but then our phase two, we're looking at 
around 4,000 tons of NDPR per year, so two-thirds of a Linus. So uh, it's going to be very focused. Uh, we're going to take it step by step. You know, we're adding the ability to mine this, these, um, uh, uh, the monazite, crack, leach it, separate it, and we're now looking at moving forward in metals and alloys for uh, a very integrated uh, business bolting onto the uranium. So, yeah, I know it's complicated for some of our investors to say, what is energy fuels? Who are energy fuels? Where are they going? Well, we're going down the uranium path in a big way. And, um, you know, I've been doing that for a lot of years. and I'm not stopping that. And then we got this bolt-on called Earth. And the combination of these things provide us diversification and provide us what I believe will be an extremely unique company looking forward on the energy transition. So I know it looks busy. Everything we do is got the, the, the visor is it's got radionuclides and uranium contained in everything we do. And so it's busy, but it's really exciting time for our company. It, it is exciting time. And, and I think, it, it, and I've, I've seen um, Senator Barroso, is it John Barroso uh, of Wyoming? He's been a very strong advocate for you know uranium. And I think there's another senator that he's, he, he kind of co-writes with. But um, are you seeing the same sort of support for rare earths? It, it's definitely on the critical minerals list, but is it getting the, the voice and the volume in the market? Well, it, it's interesting because rare earths a year ago seemed that we're getting a lot more traction than that the uranium. But I think now at the, this moment, because of the, the uranium prices going up so dramatically, that, that, that kind of gets the attention. I think when prices rise quickly, it gets people's attention. So, I mean, the rare earth support is still there. Um, but I think that, it, you know, this last six months with the price of uranium, uh, it's kind of, you know, stole the, stole the mic at, on, on the, at the party um, at, at the moment. So, uh, you know, I think everybody has got a greater appreciation post-COVID on our over-dependency on a lot of critical materials and items and whatnot. So it's still there. But I think that, that uranium has the mic right now. Uh, particularly with some of the, 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 you know, either current or proposed legislation on uh, the nuclear fuel cycle and the nuclear um, sector as a whole. Um, it's, it, it's, it's kind of uh, taken over at the moment. I think that's where the excitement is at this moment. But I also see rare earths and other critical elements not far behind. It's, it's interesting times, um, Mark, for sure. I think you know, if I look at some of the other sectors outside of uranium, I think a lot of CEOs feeling slightly out of control. Um, in, in terms of you know where they see their metals prices, you guys in uranium um, ready to take advantage of it, and I think those who can will, and those who can't won't. Um, so I look forward to seeing what's going to happen next year. Any any uh, any predictions? You want to make any wild predictions about next year? Well, I was at a conference in New York on Tuesday, uh, and I, I right now I think the market if if the price doesn't hit go through $100 is going to be disappointed. I think the general uh, belief is, is that we are going into the hundreds, uh, which again is exciting. I still want to um, you know, caution people that remember what inflation has done over the last uh, 10 or 15 years, uh, but, but I think that the price will go. My, my gut is, and I, I don't have a crystal ball, it will go into the hundreds um, soon. And that's going to continue to to build excitement in in the uranium space. Uh, and at the same time, I think that uh, you know these 
establishing uh, other sources of the critical elements like the rare earths. Uh, I see prices starting to, to increase a bit uh, for some of the rare earths right now. Uh, you know, I think that that 2024 is going to be another very exciting year for energy fuels. And I think that some of the, you know, the the concern some people have of what our focus is, is going to be very apparent that we've got the uranium and that's going forward full tilt, basically unaffected by um, our rare earth plans. And then we got the bolt on of the rare earths. And there's going to be, I believe, much more clarity on that front. And they're going to realize that the critical mineral hub is happening in a big way. I bet you're glad you're not having to build a new plant or mill in this environment. That is a real advantage, having everything constructed, permitted, and ready to go. We are um, reinitiating permitting on some of our other mining assets for uranium, uh, as well as permitting of Bahia. So, um, you know, we do have a fair amount of increased activity there. But yeah, if I was starting from scratch, uh, trying to get the permits, trying to build a very large facility, it would be uh, challenging. Very challenging in a very long time. Uh, Mark, appreciate it. Thanks for the Christmas. Uh, well, I say Christmas, the end of year update. Uh, enjoy your Christmas. We'll see you the new year, Mike. You too, Matt. Always great catching up.